And it's Asha and Terry on the Light Breakfast with you this morning, celebrating World Hearing Day. Right now with us, we have Ellen Fariza Salamat, who is an audiologist who deals with all things to do with hearing. Good morning, Ellen. Hi, good morning, Asha and Terry. Good to have you here with yeah. us. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, it's our pleasure. So I wonder if we can begin with this idea of a cochlear implant, because it's a very different device to a hearing aid. So could you describe what it is and and how it works? Hearing it, traditionally, people will obviously see someone that wearing it, like um, now, Asha, you are wearing spectacles. So hearing it can be easily seen by the um, outsiders, people. Hearing it also the same. Uh, sorry, cochlear implant also the same, just that it has two parts which is internally and externally. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the internally, called the implant, will place in the cochlea. Okay. Okay, that it will be placed by the surgeon. Okay, and then the external part called the sound processor. So these two connect in a way to collect sound from the external and send to the implant that is placed in the cochlea and then the nerve from the cochlea will send the signal to the brain. Can we go back and you explain it like why a five-year-old? You're assuming we understand what the cochlea (laughs) is. You're assuming we understand this nerve that sends, um, you know, signals. So in a year and in an ear that is working correctly. Yes. How How does sounds transmission And what does the cochlea do? Yes. Right? Yes, yes, yes. So uh, in... Everyone, we have three parts uh, of the ear. We have outer part, middle part, and the inner part. So the cochlea and the nerve, it sits at the inner part of the ear. So the purpose of the um, outer part is to collect the sound. That's why you see that your pinna is like um, like a curve like that right. to collect sounds. And then the ear canal is to conduct the sound to the middle ear. Your middle ear is to make the sound louder. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when the sound louder, it can be easily transferred to the cochlea, which is situated in the inner part. Okay. So in the cochlea, cochlea itself is like a two and a half turns. Um, if you want to, if you know snail, you know snail, right? Yeah. Yes. That's how is the body of the cochlea looks like. Oh. So. Yes. Oh, I see. So like, like a. Like the snail shell. Yes. Okay. Yes. 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 Okay. So just that in the cochlea, in the human, there's a hair cell inside it. Hmm. So when we, when we open up the hair, uh, sorry, the cochlea, it will looks like a piano. So there's oh. a frequency dispersed from the low mid to high frequency so that's how your cochlea also works interesting yes wow. at the basal part we'll have the sensitivity to the high frequency we rest to the apical part is the low frequency so this cochlea inside it that's a hair cell that corresponding to each frequency that you hear in every day right okay so the damage usually at the basal part, which is your high frequency. Hmm. That's why if someone with hearing loss, mm-hmm. they will have some trouble to understand the clarity of the speech. Right. Because high frequency also um, um, uh, is where the uh, consonants, um, our consonant like f- sh- sh- Right. It lies from So that's why When ah, people have hearing loss right. They can hear you But they couldn't understand you Right So it's almost like Hearing 
half a word, but cut from the top down if a word was vertical. Yeah, it's like, or like in a cave, perhaps something like um, an echoey. What do they hear? How would you describe that sound? Okay, so if you because you are in the radio, uh-huh. we must look for the specific frequency, right? Mm-hmm. Like for mm-hmm. light FM in Klang mm-hmm. Valley is hundred one zero five point seven, right? Mm-hmm. Correct. So if we tune one zero five point nine, maybe the clarity of the audio quality is impacted. Right. Ah. So that's how people with hearing loss hear speech. Right. So especially when they have hearing loss at high frequency, right. they will hear mostly vowels only. Right. right. Yeah. So you imagine if you have the sentences without the consonants, mm. only vowels. Mm-hmm. So you couldn't make out the meaning. Oh, that's really that's a very, you're making it very yeah. clear. That's <laughs> very like yeah, totally understand what you mean. Now. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So that's how the. Remember just now I said the inner cell corresponding to each frequency that we hear in the environment. Mm-hmm. So mostly the apical part, uh, which are the high frequency, is affected first. That's mm-hmm. why the clarity of the speech is impacted. So um, uh, if an adults who have the hearing before, they can communicate. Mm-hmm. So once they have the hearing loss, so they can hear you but they couldn't understand you that's right. why you can see elderly usually they will ask for repetition right can you tell me one more time mm-hmm. huh huh are right. you talking with me okay yeah. but in a child you will see that if they have a hearing loss mm-hmm. they couldn't speak Oh, because they yeah. can't hear it to begin with to yes, know what it's supposed yes. to sound like. Yeah. Yes, because they have to need an input to go in first mm-hmm. for the brain to understand, right. to process. Then only they can start to understand and produce the words. Okay, so mm. you have a piano inside a snail shell inside your yes, inner ear. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, and so when it's not working properly... Mm-hmm. Because um, earlier you mentioned the nerve. Mm-hmm. How does the nerve come into play with that? Mm, sorry, do you mean that Aisha? Uh, okay, so earlier mm-hmm. you said that mm-hmm. um, that when you use a cochlear implant, mm-hmm. um, it's then the nerve get then transmits the the sound to the brain. So mm-hmm. before we even get into how the cochlear fits in here. In your normal hearing mm-hmm. ear, where mm-hmm. you've got the snail in your inner ear with mm-hmm. the piano inside. Yes, yes. What happens to the sounds that get created and picked up from okay, there? Okay, okay. So remember just now I told that in the middle ear, the sounds get um, amplified. Mm-hmm. It gets loud. Okay. So um, when it gets loud, it easily um, received by the cochlea. So when the sound enters the cochlea, the signal will actually hit a dif- at a different location that actually responding to the uh, specific frequency. Mm-hmm. Okay, then the nerve that at the end of the cochlea, the basal that what we call will fire the signal to the brain, firing, firing. So when the sound enters, the nerve fired, fired. Sending the information to the brain. Yes. That's right. incredible. I mean, yes. imagine having to build a machine like that. that can, the human body. That mm. sends it at the speed of light because that's what it has to be so fast to be able to process yes. what you're saying. Yes, yes, yes. So that the acoustically, acoustically signal from the environment mm-hmm. get transferred to the middle ear, pass to the inner ear, and then send electrically to the brain. Right. Brain is where we hear actually. 
Oh, the brain is where we hear. Yes. I did not know that. <laughs> this is fascinating. Mm. Okay, so this cochlear implant then, is it planting a new snail shell in your ear? Yes, like yes, with yes. a new piano. Explain to us. Yes, what yes, yes. Okay, so when a people have a hearing loss, either congenitally, means since birth, or when they have trauma, or they have any uh, exposure to loud sounds, yeah. or due to any uh, medical conditions, the hair cell that I mentioned earlier become damaged. Okay, so the, when the hair cell damage, the more damaged they are, the more severe hearing level you will having. Right. So if it's just mild to moderate, meaning you still have a amount of uh, hair cell that still work, so that for this type the hearing loss can easily help to amplify the remaining hair cells. Mm -hmm. Okay, because the the the, the uh, what you call this the function of the hearing aid is to amplify sounds with the sharad of the nerve are still there. Oh, the, the condition is that the nerves must still be available. Yes, to, yep, the hair yep. cell must be at least there. Right. Okay, right. but those with severe to profound loss, whereby the hair cell has been damaged more. Mm -hmm. Okay, so even we give the hearing aid, mm -hmm. the amplification cannot be done because there's no more hair cell left to receive the audio. Yes, yes. Right, Remember right. that this hair cell need to like give firing, mm -hmm. right, right. firing, firing to the brain. Okay, mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. that's why when the hair cell getting more lesser and lesser, mm -hmm. the hearing aid is no longer suitable. That's when we decided to go for cochlear implant. Right. So cochlear implant is like an uh, an array of electrode that plays inside the hair. The sorry, the cochlea. It will follow the two and half turn. Mm. Okay, so doctor will make a small like incision mm -hmm. and put. The 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 um, uh, what you call it the electro array in the cochlea, right. replacing the hair cell that is damaged. Right. So it's like a new piano gets inserted. Yes. Okay. Electrically piano. Right. Like tuning a new piano. Yes. Like yes. With, yeah, yeah. Yes. Because you don't have enough. It's missing keys already. So you need to put the keys back in there. And, yes. And I'm guessing the way the the hair works is because it vibrates when sound hits it, and that vibration is how it picks up. Yes. The sound. Right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. We still need the nerve to fire to the brain because that one, there's nothing. There's no device can actually replace that. But for the damaged hair cell, we mm -hmm. can use an implant we put an electrode array that could also that also have the different frequency right. low frequency mid high frequency mid frequency and high frequency to mimic the previous structure of the cochlea right okay so that mm. is the implant that goes mm. inside the person yes and then you said that there's like a loudspeaker boombox uh. uh, ghetto blaster all the or like a mic words. more like a mic that picks up the sound yes. right that one is the external part on which we call sound processor right Right. okay so so this sound processor can be on the ear hang like this mm -hmm. or so it'll look like a hearing it right or some people think it as an uh, as a Bluetooth devices, <laughs> you know nowadays there's a uh, many cool yeah. uh, audio yes. earpiece that connects yes. to the phone. <laughs> yes, yes, which actually cochlear implant and hearing aids can do the same function. Oh, so they can actually do that for you. Yes, yes, multifunctional. Yes. That's Wait, how advanced. I'm, I'm lost. What? It's on your phone. Well, it'll do two things. Once <laughs> you put, it, you you can have an option for this external part of it to uh, to then send the sound to your brain. But on top of that. 
because it's a mechanical uh, machine, right? You can set it up to work like a regular Bluetooth item that yes. will connect to your phone. Yes. So you'll do two things. Yes. Wow. Yes, yes. <laughs> Goodness gracious me. Yes. <laughs> so the user, the cochlear implant user, they can stream any Bluetooth devices mm-hmm. and listen right to their brain. That's me. Wow. Yes. That's such a w- that's yes. interesting. Yeah. Yes. Also like streaming to maybe Light FM, they can just like hear it in their brain. Talking wow. to a person's brain. Yes. <laughs> Isn't that interesting though? Because like that's a really good way to cheat in exams. You could have your friend in the next room reading out all the answers and it's going straight into your brain going, hmm. I'm, I'm, this is not headphones. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Because you need it. Yeah, you absolutely need yeah, it. Right. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, that's terrible. Only I would think of something like that. Sorry about that. Sneaky you. Okay, so you were talking about the fact that uh, a hearing aid is something that is used just to amplify sounds. So yes. when a person's hearing is perhaps not as sharp, that's when this works. Yes. The cochlear implant does something entirely different. Yes. When the um, the hairs, the, the, the hair piano cell. hair cells, the piano keys uh, mm. in the cochlea are below par or not functioning. Yes, yes. Um, and that sort of replaces that, so yes. to speak. So it, it's a different thing. So who... Would you suggest have a cochlear implant, or are there is there a sort of criteria of those people who should get it, or perhaps the criteria of people who really shouldn't get it? Yes, okay. Thank you, Aisha, for the question. It's a good question because people might wondering, am I um suitable for cochlear implant? Mm. Am I only able to use hearing aid? Right. First, um, if we're talking about pediatric, okay, so um. Uh, um, the aim of fitting a cochlear implant or hearing aid in pediatric is to get them fitted as soon as possible. Okay, mm-hmm. so I brought maybe away a bit your from your question. So um, in the hospital, either government hospital or uh, private hospital, we do have this newborn hearing screening, where we want to wow. screen the hearing after they born. Mm-hmm. Before they go back home, right? Yes, that soon. Okay. Yes, yeah. So, um, with this program, we want to detect the hearing loss as soon as possible mm. because the benchmark is to check the hearing before one month old mm. to do the next test to complete the test, uh, or we call diagnostic hearing test mm-hmm. within three months of age. And to do intervention, either cochlear implant or hearing aid, by the six months of age. Right. Okay. So, um, back to the uh, suitability of cochlear implant and hearing aid. So, if a child or a baby diagnosed with severe to profound hearing loss on both ears, okay, from the uh, initial program that we had, then we will definitely... Um, uh, this uh, child is definitely under the criteria of getting a cochlear implant. Hmm. Okay, but then uh, for a child before getting a cochlear implant, hearing aid wearing is a must. Oh, okay, yes. Usually we will give one to three months to observe. Okay, whether is there any uh, like um, response from the child using the hearing aid. Hmm. Okay, it's like um, we want to ensure that the child is able to wear first the device, the parents' commitment because 
Cochlear implant is not a one-step journey. It's a long journey that involves parents, healthcare professional, and the patient itself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm, okay. So, I would say that the level of hearing is a uh, confirm, uh, severe to profound that we can actually uh, proceed with cochlear implant. For an adult, okay, adults, they are post-lingual. Most of them, they are already able to talk. It mm. can be someone, maybe a doctor, maybe an actor, maybe mm. an engineer who have career, who have life already. Mm-hmm. So when their hearing suddenly progresses, mm-hmm. uh, maybe to moderate to profoundly hearing loss, so where the hearing aid no longer available mm. or suitable for them, that's when they proceed with the implant. Okay. Mm. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Like, yeah. Now, a couple of things I want to touch on. You mm. said it's a, a long process. Mm-hmm. So for a, a baby or a, mm-hmm. or a very young child, how many times would they have to have the implant? I mean, it obviously doesn't grow as the child grows. So could you give us an idea of if from baby mm-hmm. to adult, mm-hmm. what that process looks like for a cochlear implant that amount of operations they'd have, uh, the mm-hmm. kind of rehab that they'd have to go through. Understand. Okay. So the placing the electrode array or the implant is only once in a lifetime. Okay. okay. Once in a lifetime. So and our cochlea stays the same size from the time yes. we're born. Yes, yes, okay. yes. Oh, Correct, Larry. Okay. Yes. Okay. Wow. Uh, and then um, the implant inside stays forever. It's for the uh, the I mean uh, It'll last it's a lifetime. Last, okay. Lifetime, yes. However, the external part, okay, as the technology improves, the technology of the external external part getting better and better. Maybe for the five years back, there's no Bluetooth technology. Mm-hmm. But now, there's Bluetooth technology. Okay, so I would say that the external part, okay, if down the road, the impl- uh, sorry, the speech pro- processor getting more advanced or getting, more, getting smaller, mm. then the parents would like to upgrade mm. so they can change it maybe every 5 years mm-hmm. to every 10 years depending on the condition of the speech processor because you know if a baby they go through childhood mm. uh, teenagers yeah. adult they will be very active mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The imp- actually the implant as I mentioned just now stays forever however the external part it could be spoiled yeah. Due to uh, extreme uh, uh, activities, you climb up the hill, mm-hmm. you go swimming, it might actually um, spoil in a way. Right. So you have to maybe change your speech processor and also uh, upgrade if there's any necessary needed. Oh, okay. yeah. mm. And uh, so if you were to put a, a costing on all of that uh, and the rehab that comes with it as well... Okay. Obviously, you have to learn how to use yes. it, especially for an adult, right? Yes, yes, yes. So, for the first time, because it involved the surgery also, uh, it will cost around 90 plus thousand to 120,000 wow. per, okay. per, per year. Per year. Per wow. year. Per year. Okay. I yes. thought you said per year for a moment. Yeah, per Still year. Per year. Per yeah, year. Per year. Okay. I, I, need, I may need it. Okay. <laughs> per year, yes. Okay. So, because the biggest part of the cost is the implant itself. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. The surgery cost, if it's in a private center, I would say it between 20 plus to 30 plus thousand. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, down the road, um, if you need an upgrade mm-hmm. of the external part, it might cost you around 30 to 40 thousand. Okay. 
Okay. Right, right. Yes. Um, after the surgery, um, the patient will wait until the wound heal, maybe two to three, uh, one to two weeks. Then only we able to activate the speech processor. That's why just now uh, when Asha asked how long or like how many times of therapy needed, mm-hmm. I would say we will depend on the child or adult progress. Okay. Okay. And I was given to understand that there is a, mm-hmm. a program for children, so the onus doesn't have to be on parents. Like I'm sure a lot of parents feel that there is a problem with their child, but they're so it's afraid of yeah, yeah how much it costs. It, yeah. Yes, yes. So does this? Yeah, tell us more about this yes. program. Yeah, of course. In Malaysia, there's a private hospital. There's also government hospital. Mm-hmm. Like a government hospital, they have this uh, national cochlear implant team. Whereby every uh, cochlear implant satellite hospital will have their own meeting to present the candidates of the cochlear implant. Okay, they will present in terms of the age of diagnosis, the um, the consistency of wearing hearing aids, the report from the speech therapy, and also commitments from their parents. Mm-hmm. So their team will have meeting on this to decide. Who will go first? Who is the bo- Who is the most suitable candidates? Whereas in private, like my hospital in Sunway Medical Center, we have self-pay patients. Mm-hmm. We have insurance paid for the um, surgery, mm-hmm. but the parents paid for the devices. We also have patients that go to charity. Oh, okay. Ah, uh, okay. they go to charity. Right. Either charity help in terms of the some portion of the device mm-hmm. or they do market in certain like media or maybe social media right. to collect the money crowdfund right, right. but uh, that yes. government program that you're talking about that that does exist mm-hmm. are 100% of the costs borne by the government program if the child is eligible yes yes okay. because That's in government hospital mm-hmm. they only have to pay for the device In terms of the surgery rehabilitation is free mm-hmm. access, right. Right. yes. Right. Whereas in the private center, usually when we do a cochlear implant, we come up with a package, right. at least to include the speech therapy and also the odological um, intervention within at least one to two years. All right. Just to clarify, the the government program mm-hmm. actually is only available to people who do it at the government hospital. It's not like there's a government program where it will fund. Uh, the needs of someone who can then be sent to a private hospital to still get the yes. the the pro, uh, the procedure done. Okay. Yes, yes. If okay. let's say a patient okay. walk into Sunway Medical Center, right, right, diagnosed with the profound loss and they have financial issue, we will definitely refer them to the nearby uh, government hospital that right, offer right. the same program. Understand? Okay, okay mm. that makes sense. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. I do have one question about the procedure. Actually, just one thing. Uh-huh. Um. How invasive is that procedure of actually inserting the cochlear implant into okay. the ear, uh, okay. into the cochlea? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, basically there will be a surgeon that um, do the um, surgery. Mm-hmm. Of course, this will conduct under the general anesthesia. And also bear in mind that before we decide this patient suitable, the doctor will do the MRI and CT scan okay. to check the structure of the cochlea and also to check if the nerve are patterned. 
So if these are meet and suitable, then the surgeon will do this uh, procedure. Usually right. the surgery will take about two to three hours. Okay, so doctor will make a small incision at the back of the ear, and of course he will drill up to the cochlea, place the 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 electric array or the implant inside the cochlea. When and you say drill, because it's mm. drilling through the, the skull, skull, right? Yes, okay. yes. But there's no um, nerve at in the skull, so it should be painless at the skull area. Right. Yes. Only the skin has the nerve, so the patient will feel some pain. Okay. Uh, uh, but okay. the pain is tolerable. Usually, after uh, one day of observation, the patient can go back or discharge the next day. Okay. Mm. That was... V- very thoroughly explained <laughs> and uh, yeah also i think that's worth knowing that you know uh-huh. the, the steps to get even get to the point where you can have the implant actually mm. actually placed in yeah yeah mm-hmm. i appreciate that yeah okay yeah 